Greatest hit number eight in our summer countdown is Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The context for this verse includes verses 14 through 21. Listen to God's word. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Well, the sermon today continues our series on our greatest hits, and today we're at Ephesians 3, verses 20 through 21. You heard those two verses, as well as the, the section of the letter to the Ephesians in the New Testament that, uh, from which those two verses are taken. But to start my message, I would like to bring up a common human experience, something that we all are acquainted with. Probably all human beings are, but in our society, I think we are particularly acquainted with this. And that is having the desire for more. We are inundated with commercials that, that prey on, not P-R-A-Y, but P-R-E-Y, on our desires for more. There's a current commercial going on right now for a cell phone company that is based in this region that shall not be named. And, and they are very, the commercial is very clear, just in case you don't get the subtlety of more. The word more is used over and over again, and the little skits that you see are, happen at, like one of the examples is you open Someone opens the front door, and someone is holding a few flowers, like a small little bouquet of flowers, and then it cuts to someone going to the front door, opening up, and someone is, you can barely see the person standing there because there's so many flowers there for you, and, and that's more flowers, and who doesn't want more flowers? And of course, you want more, so you'll buy this product and sign up for this plan because it gives you more and more and more and more and more and more. There aren't many commercials out there that are touting less. 
Less, less, less. Even though there are plenty of ways which, that we need, as human beings, that we need less. Less of a lot of things. Something that has been on my radar screen lately, and I know that uh, some of you, this has been something you have recognized as well, uh, that you would consider yourself a fellow fan of college sports in this region and have recently heard of the decision that was made by two prestigious universities uh, in, on the Pacific Coast, USC and UCLA, to make a decision to leave the Pacific 12 Conference, more than 100 years of tradition, for a conference called the Big Ten that has m so many more schools than 10, and be in the same league with schools from New Jersey and Maryland because of more. And the whole uh, uh, landscape of college sports is being kind of redrawn because of this desire for more. And I actually saw there's an article out today that uh, uh, local columnists are, are wondering for the University of Washington, for instance, with their high academic pedigree, do they and other schools like, say, Stanford University, are they going to just go along with this, or is it time for people to, to get clear about what's the mission of those institutions and what is the place of, of college sports, etc.? But you can see how this impacts all kinds of, of uh, aspects of our lives, this desire for more. But there is a true source for more. You know, our desire for more is our desire for fulfillment. And there is fulfillment. And our scripture text today in Ephesians chapter 3 speaks of this. And that source of more is about God's power and ability to do more in our lives. God's power that is at work within us. And this text reminds us that God is able to do more. More than maybe we've ever even dreamed of God doing. The text says immeasurably more. Another version says abundantly more than all we would dare ask in prayer. But also more than we would ever even imagine or even think to ask. Listen again to these words. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Bible scholar Lynn Kohick has a vivid way of describing the inspirational language of the book of Ephesians which reaches its zenith with these two verses. She writes this in the preface to her commentary. It has been my joy to wade into this epistle with its exuberant, extravagant language that, like a stained glass window lit up by the sun's rays, casts a radiant picture of God and the church. A radiant picture of God. 
you chose as one of your favorite verses, a verse that says something about us, but a whole lot more about who God is. Before these words are about us, they are about God. Because Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, taken together, is a doxology. It speaks of giving God glory. The word glory in Greek is doxa, and from that word we get the word doxology. It means giving glory to. Doxology is a word associated with worship. It is an ascription of praise. We ascribe character and power to God. These words from the Apostle Paul spread the word among the church that God is greater than we even think. Each verse begins by speaking of God. Now to him who is able is how the first verse starts. And then the second verse starts, to him be glory. Many of you are familiar with the Westminster Catechism. Uh, If you're not, it's one of the historic statements of faith in the Presbyterian tradition. And it famously begins by stating that the primary purpose of humanity is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. Those words that are at the foundation of our faith as Presbyterians launch from these words in Ephesians. Maybe there's something that we're meant to long for. Maybe there's something more that we are meant to seek after, something that money cannot buy, something that far outshines, far outshines the brightest bauble on our must-have shopping list. In a word, God. And in a few more words, this awesome God working within our human lives. Paul's words of praise here in these two verses are related to the prayer that precedes them. You heard this read in the full context of the passage, verses 14 through 19. Paul's prayer is full of this exuberant and extravagant language in really describing the benefits of the Christian faith, the benefits of being in Christ, of having Christ in our lives, but probably more so of being swept up into Christ. It describes God's expansive greatness. And the Apostle Paul is putting it in the words of a prayer, praying for God's people, for you and for me, that we might experience all of that great and good stuff, all the benefits of salvation in Christ to the fullest. Here are some of the examples of the exuberance the extravagance of the Apostle Paul's words. In verse 16, he he expresses in his prayer that he wants God to strengthen us out of God's 
glorious riches. Previous in the chapter, he spoke of the boundless riches of Christ. Last week, we talked about the thesaurus, the treasure. This is a similar concept. To recognize something of great value in God being involved in our lives and recognizing that that strengthens us and that what, what strengthens us is out of boundless and glorious riches, things that are of exceeding value, things that money cannot buy. In verse 18, and this statement is stunning, when you let the words just, just wash over you, When we hear the Apostle Paul praying for us that we would be able to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. The vast dimensions that in our lives we might get into thinking with blinders on, so focused on our daily lives that we forget that the love of Christ is greater still than any single moment or thought that we have. It's greater still. It is more upon more upon more. How vast, how great the Father's love for us. And then finally in verse 19, Paul's desire that we be filled to all the fullness of God. The full dimension of who God is. In the children's message, we we talked about how how we can kind of get a clue for how great God is by looking at the vastness and the greatness of just one small part of God's creation. But Paul doesn't leave us there just in awe, as powerful as as that is to consider. He goes on to have the audacity to believe that this great and awesome God is at work right now, in real time, powerfully in our very lives. Right now. In the midst of all that we face in life, in our own journey, in the, what our cohort of people who live on this planet right now, the challenges that we face. The message of the gospel is that the God of the universe, who can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, is the God who comes to us in Jesus Christ and comes into our lives through the power of his Holy Spirit. It's stunning. It is life-changing if we just would stay still and breathe and open our eyes to its reality that has been there all along. You know, one of the things that that happens in the church is is that we, we have this tendency, and this is more true in America than it is in any other place in the world. We have a tendency to to mistake the forest for the trees, if you will, 
and we, we look at some of the aspects of life in the church, and we find ourselves at, back as consumers again, as if we were looking at commercials, churches advertising their various things. And some churches saying, you'll, if you come to our church, you'll get more of this. If you come to our church, you'll get more of this. And some of us follow after that and go from church to church to church. But at some point, if we ever find anything of value in the church, we recognize at the same time that that value has been there all along, right at the center of every single church expression of communities of faith that believe in Jesus Christ. And that is the presence of the living God among us by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's spread that word far and wide. That we can stop trying to search after things that are not God, even when we look at the church. God's presence is powerful in this place. Because God's Spirit is here. Because God's Word is opened up. But the same is true of that church down the street. Yes, the large ones, but also the small ones. We are together in that. And the thing that makes it valuable, that makes the mission of the church compelling, that is the stuff of it, is the presence of God. And that presence is a powerful presence. The Apostle Paul makes it clear that God has the power to answer the prayer that he was just praying. That we would grasp the greatness and the significance and the extravagance of the faith. Paul believes that God has the power to do that work in our lives so that that will come true. Twice in these two favorite verses, the Greek word dunamis is used. Dunamis is the Greek word for power. We get the word dynamite from this. Dynamite, the explosive power. But that word is is also, it's kind of hidden. There is one instance where it says who is powerfully at work in us. That word is dunamis, but also when it says, now to him who is able to do far more, the verb to be able is a root of dunamis. It is the ability, it is the power to do something. And that power of God is working within us. Power to open up our lives to the true riches in Christ to turn our fickle attentions to what really matters. In the Reformed tradition, we're the ones who really, who really double down on the fact that God's the one who does it. God's the one who is there to get our attention to that and to focus on the riches in Christ. God's power is there to help us grasp the infinite love of Christ and that, yes, Christ does love us that much in spite of our failures. That much. In spite of the the challenges that we face. That much. In spite of the voices that cause us to doubt. That much. 
And finally, the power to fill our empty and longing hearts with all the fullness of God. We don't have to go searching to fill our lives with more and more because we, by God's power, are filled with God's fullness. Contemplating God's expansive power can leave us marveling in utter amazement. Could it be? Could it be that these words are actually true? Years ago, a British pastor named J.B. Phillips wrote a book titled, Your God is Too Small. I've long thought that these verses in Ephesians reveal the truth of this phrase. Contemplating a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine expands our view of God. Our view of God that maybe has been diminished as we focus on the small picture of our daily concerns. I recently read a freshly published State of Washington travel guide titled Wanderlust, capital W, capital A. Get it? Clever. But on its title page is written the phrase, the big picture. And on that page is a photograph of two people who are sitting on the edge of a mountain, looking out over a mountain range. That picture and the title itself invites travelers to open themselves amid the vast open spaces of our state to take in the inspirational vistas of mountain ranges and Puget Sound waterscapes, to get away from the narrow concerns of our life lived by the city lights and be mesmerized by a starlit night sky. Have you experienced how these big picture moments amid God's creation, can help us put things into perspective. Reading these inspiring words in Ephesians 3 brings us back to the big picture of who God truly is. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or even imagine, according to his power, his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in Christ Jesus and in the church throughout all generations, not just now, but forever and ever. Amen. Receive these expansive words in hope. Consider Paul's prayer to be for you and be amazed by God's power to make it happen in your human life. Amen.